0: There are times when you go, man, I'm really struggling, Lord. But that's what it's all about. Why? Because our example is Jesus. He left us the Gospels. He left us the Epistles so that we can grow in the Word of God. And that's really important. That's what Jesus is trying to teach you. Look, salvation is the gift of God. But at the same time, the key is what? Abiding in Jesus Christ daily.
1: Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible-teaching ministry of Rawl Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today's lesson from Rawl continues our series in Mark's Gospel, and we're glad you've joined us for a challenge to lean into the Lord 100%, devoting your life to obeying His will. As you stay with us on Somebody Loves You Radio, Christ's parable of the sower and the seed will illustrate what it looks like to honor God as a faithful steward of the truth He's planted in your heart. Let's listen now as Raul Reese begins in the Gospel of Mark.
0: So he begins in chapter 4 by saying, and again he began to teach by the sea. And a great multitude was gathered together to him so that he got into a little boat and sat on the sea. Now, Jesus was constantly being pursued. I don't know if you have been around a lot of people, but it can really get to you sometimes when there's a lot of people you know, and you really don't have a break. And you kind of want to get away, and you, you try to get away, and they kind of follow you. And you go over there, and they kind of come over here, and they go over there. And they're kind of following you everywhere you go. And you get to a place where you go, man, where can I go to get alone? Jesus was in that situation. Because of His miracles, because of His wonders, because of all the healings that He was actually making and doing, All these people wanted to follow Christ. They wanted to touch Jesus. So the best place that he found was not in the house of Peter. But he found it in the Sea of Galilee. By actually getting into a little boat and pushing off. And then he could teach the people from off the shore. And so Jesus wanted to teach the people. So what he does is he goes out. He sits down. That was the position of a rabbi sitting but Jesus now is going to speak to them some very important truths. And look at what he says in verse 2. And then he taught them many things in parables and said unto them in his teaching. Listen, behold, a sore were now to sow. Now, the first thing that I see here is that before he even begins to teach the word of God, you really have to grab people's attention. Listen, you've got to hear what I'm going to tell you. And he begins with a truth about them, about a sower going out and sowing seed. Then he says in verse 4, And it happened as he sowed that some of the seed fell on the wayside, and the birds of the air came to devour it. So he begins by declaring first of all, that as a farmer went out and began to sow the seed, and, and usually in that old culture they would have white garments, they would have a, kind of a, an apron with a little bag, And they would grab the seed and they would be throwing it out this way. So they could spread the seed. Now when you go to Israel, another thing that you will see is that Israel is a very stony place. There's a lot of stones. A lot of rock. Everywhere you look there's rocks. I have never seen so many rocks in my life. In Jerusalem, in the upper Galilee, when you go down to Masada. Everywhere you go there is plenty of rocks in Israel. Israel. And to me, it's incredible that up in, uh, right when you go past Jerusalem, if you're going up into Philistine country, down where Samson lived, there's these huge, huge rocks. And when they're going to plant their seeds, they have to crack the rock. And when you just get amazed to see that many times when you look at the side of the hills, they're very beautiful red soil, and you see this greenery coming out of the hillsides. Tremendous place to be. But then here he's talking about not only throwing out the seed, but also the birds coming and devouring it. Now, the seed here is the Word of God. And the birds here is in reference to Satan. The way Satan comes along. You know, you have a person here tonight that has come, has been invited by someone to come to hear the Word of God. And they're sitting here very attentively, listening to what is being said. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the service, the altar call or the time of decision is made. And they're sitting there, and the Holy Spirit comes and speaks to them and says, hey, why don't you go up? And so they're undecided. Well, should I go up? Or should I not go up? But I feel I should go up. So as they they start to go up, all of a sudden what happens? Satan comes along after they're coming up and they're counseled. And they're going home. And Satan comes along and actually takes the word of God out of their hearts. And they don't stick to Christianity. Never, never walk with God. It's so sad because here we have in the parable people that have no faith in God. No faith in God. Satan has come along and has won the victory over that person's heart. And has come along and stole the word of God out of their hearts. Look what else he says. Number two hearers. Some fell on stony ground. Where they did not have much earth. And immediately it sprang up because they had no depth in the earth. But when the sun was up. It was scorched. And because it had no root. It withered away. Now. It's interesting that over the last 29 years. I have seen thousands of people. And all the places that I've spoken, I got to speak for the Promise Keepers many times in many of the stadiums around the country. And probably the biggest crowd that I ever preached to was at the, our, our own uh, Los Angeles uh, Coliseum. That night there was 100,000 men there. That was the biggest audience I ever preached to. And I thought, man, here's all these people and the Word of God is going on. And then I thought about all those men when I gave the invitation over 6,000 men came down to the field to receive Christ. But then when you go back and you do a study concerning those people that have received Christ, how many of those people today are still walking with God? Think about it. But to me it seems that a lot of times there are people that will hear the word of God, they have no faith, the devil comes along and steals it away, and they go right back into their lives. They never have a change of heart. There's never repentance. But then the second class of people that are sitting in a church or a crusade, because in the crusade we see hundreds and thousands of people go up at a Billy Graham crusade, Harvest Crusade, Soma Loves You crusade, and any other kind of crusade. But then as you study carefully over the period of weeks and months and years, and you go back and you check on those people that came and made a decision, you find a very few people following the Lord. Many of them fall away. Many of them fall away. They don't stick to the Word of God. And let me tell you why what happens, because she's going to tell us in a moment. This is incredible parables. Because many times, people come, and they have the second group of people here. They have no faith, the first one. The second one, there are people that have an emotional experience. They were moved by what they heard. They even cried. And they came up and received Christ. And they went to the back, and they were counseled. And they walked for Christ for a little while. And then times of trials and temptations and persecution comes, and they fall away from Christ. They get discouraged. Look at the third group. In verse 7. Some of the seed fell among the thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it. And it yielded no crop. And then here we have not only the time and the place where these people not only are sown out. And the seed goes down into the earth. But the thorns come in and they choke it. And of course in the parable in Matthew 13. He talks about how these people, which is the third group is the most important, he'll tell you in a moment, are people that are worldly and people that are so into what they're doing physically or emotionally or financially that they're so involved in the world that they don't have any spiritual backbone to back them up and they fall away. And that's probably where three quarters of the church are today. Jesus will tell you in a moment that. He's just kind of pushing out the parables. Look at the fourth one, verse 8. But others, he fell on good ground. And it yielded a crop, and it sprang up, and increased. And notice what it says. It produced some 30 fold, some 60, and some 100-fold. Who do you think that is? The real believer. The real Christian. He produces fruit. You see? The others are unfruitful. They don't have any fruit to prove that they're Christians. Hey, I believe in eternal security. I believe that you are secure as long as you abide in Jesus Christ daily. That's what Jesus taught. John 15. When a real child of God comes to true salvation, I'll put myself a little bit an example, because I was so messed up in the world, and so far as a heathen, that I didn't have any training in Christianity when I was growing up. And it's amazing because when you think about what you've been through and what you've seen. That when I first heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, I was so blown away by it. That when God touched my life, He totally changed my life. I mean, I didn't have any doubts about it. I didn't have any seminary training. I just began to read the Bible. And sit and hear the word of God every Sunday, every Sunday night, every Thursday night. And as God began to instruct me and I began to grow. And you see, this is where the fallacy comes. People don't grow in Jesus Christ. And if you're not growing daily in Christ through your devotional life and prayer and fellowship, you're going to fall away sooner or later. You're going to fall away. You're not going to have any fruit the worst thing people can do is stay away from church. That's the worst thing you can do. You can stay home and watch television or go to the movies or go to the mall. That's nothing spiritual, you see. You're not getting fed the Word of God. You're not growing in the Word of God. Especially... What we found out is that a lot of times people in the congregation, they do not have a devotional life. They're not praying. They're not reading. Some of them just come straight from work to Calvary Chapel or any other church, and they sit down, they hear the Word of God, and they expect God to work in their lives like that. It doesn't work that way. It's a life commitment. It's a commitment 24-7.
1: This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Our sole goal here is to support your journey with the Lord. Visit us anytime at somebodylovesyou.com or call us at 800-634-9165. You'll also want to download our free app for convenient access to a wide range of faith-building resources. Now back to more of Raul Reese and today's teaching from the Gospel of Mark.
0: There are times when you go, man! I'm really struggling, Lord. But that's what it's all about. Why? Because our example is Jesus. He left us the gospels. He left us the epistles. So that we can learn. So that we can grow in the word of God. And that's really important. That's what Jesus is trying to teach you. Look, salvation is the gift of God. But at the same time, the key is what? Abiding in Jesus Christ daily. Like a tree blossoming. If a tree is not blossoming, what do they do? They trim it so that it can grow more fruit. But if it's actually dying, what do you do? You cut it off and you throw it into the fire. It's of no value. No value. You start drying up. Without the Word of God, you will dry up. The reason we pray is because we need communion with God. The reason we come to church is not because we just want to be in fellowship. We come so we can be in fellowship with one another. But we come to hear God speak to my heart so that my soul can be fed through the word of God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Better than sitting at home doing something else. You're what? You're actually sowing eternally and one day you're going to reap big time eternally. Spiritually And here he talks about the difference too. That some people bring forth 60. Notice what he said. Some bring 30. And again some 60 and some 100. See not everybody has the same fruit. But everyone in that parable. The fourth people here is what? They're all producing fruit. They're not fruitless. They have fruit in their lives. Some 30 some 60-fold, some 100-fold. And then look what he says in verse 9. He said unto them, He who has an ear, Hey, let him hear. In the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and 3, seven times, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, here is the purpose of the parable, verses 10 to 12. Verse 10. But when he was alone... Those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. I mean, what did you mean, Lord? And he said unto them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, who's that? The Pharisees, the scribes, the Sadducees. All things come in parables. You see? You can understand. They cannot. Why? Because of the hardness of their hearts. They don't want to listen. If you don't have an ear to hear, then you'll never understand God's will for your life. You have to be submissive. You have to be open to the Holy Spirit. Then he said this in verse 12. He says, So that seeing they may see and not perceive, hearing they may hear and not understand. Lest they should, notice, repent and their sin be forgiven them. Notice what he says. The problem was what? Listening. They were not listening, they were not hearing, and then they could not repent of their sins. Then in verse 13 to 20, he now explains the parable. And he said unto them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? The sower sows the word of God. Who is the sower? Jesus. You see? He gives you the word of God. Then he says, And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear the word of God, Satan comes along immediately. There's the birds, you see? He's doing what? Giving you the interpretation to the birds. Satan comes along immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Man, I have seen so many people through the promise keepers. So many people in the Billy Graham crusades. At the harvest crusades. And yet the percentage in all those crusades is very small to those that truly are genuine Christians. Interesting. That many people don't stick to it. They get bored. They get tired of it. And they kind of walk away from it. Because Christianity is a lifestyle. You see. It's not something that is hip today. And not hip tomorrow. It's a lifestyle. 24-7. Then look what else he says. Not only Satan. Verse 16. He says. Secondly. So those are no faith." They're not open to the Word of God, the first group. The second group, these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the Word of God, immediately receive it with gladness. Look, they're happy, emotionally, oh man, this is the place, Calvary Chapel or whatever church it may be, man, I finally found what I was looking for. And they're excited. How many people have you seen like that? Man, they're just so excited. When they come out of that back room, man, I received Christ today, I am so excited. But then watch what he says, verse 17. And they have no root in themselves. And so they endure only for a time. Underline that. Only for a time. Why? Because then tribulations come, the testings, the trials persecution comes. You go home and you tell your parents, oh man, I received the Lord tonight. And they go, hey, you and the Lord can get out of my house. Get out now. And you become discouraged. And what happens? You give up the Lord and the Lord goes out the door and you stick with your parents and you allow your parents to convince you that there is no God. And then, notice, the persecution comes and arises for the word's sake and immediately what happens? They stumble. They have doubt in their minds, in their hearts. It was an emotional gathering. Next week you see them and you go, Hey, how's your Christianity going? Well, nah, it was just something I did. It was a face in my life. That's it. Verse 18. The third group. This is the most important. And now these are the ones sown among the thorns. And they are the ones who hear the word. Okay, so they come and they hear the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Notice that. There's nothing wrong with being rich. is when you use it deceitfully. Look what he says. The deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in. And what happens? It chokes the word of God and it becomes unfruitful. Isn't that interesting? Money, possessions. Things that move us away from Christ. We're not willing to give them up. And you know what so, what I found out is that a lot of times, those things that I didn't want to give up are really nothing when it comes to it. It's so cool when you can come to Christ and say, You know what, Lord, whatever you want to remove from my life, take it. It's yours. We cannot allow even our grandchildren to become idols in our house, in our own lives. Why? Because God could take them away. You got to put them on the altar, man, before God. When little Monet was born, the first thing I did is I said, Lord, I don't ever want her or any of my children to become idols in my life. You got to be first, not even my wife. God is first, not even my wife's first. Jesus is first in my life. And that's what brings a true believer into the cross Of Jesus Christ. But these people here are worldly people. They're constantly buying, selling, wanting, doing this, doing that. And God is not even in their conscience. And they can't even take it with them. They leave it all for somebody else to spend. Or the IRS to come in and take it all. Imagine that. When we can use it for the kingdom of God. Why? Because I'm building eternally a bank account in heaven. With high interest. And nothing happens to it. It keeps building up. Why? Because that's what I'm interested in. Everything here I'm going to leave behind. And I'm going to be responsible. Why? Because I'm a steward. I'm a house manager of my house, of my car, of my children, of my wife, of everything that I possess, even my very clothes. I am a steward to God. And one day I will give an account to God for what I've done. Every one of us here. That's why it's important to know the Word of God.
1: This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to review today's lesson, we'll be happy to send you an unedited version for a gift of $5 or more. Just call 800-634-9165 and ask for Rawl's teaching from Mark chapter 4. You know, we all have struggles and temptations that can hinder us from living out God's perfect will. But today, as you consider the changes you can make to bear more fruit for the Lord, we'd like to tell you about a helpful book. It's titled Victory, Overcoming Our Enemies. Drawing from Rawls' personal experience in Vietnam to demonstrate the parameters of war on the spiritual battlefield, this strategic resource shows you how you can overcome through the power of the Holy Spirit and the authority of Christ's name. Get in touch with us today to order Rawls book titled Victory, Overcoming Our Enemies. To order, just visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 and we'll send your copy for a gift of $14 plus shipping and handling. Once again, that phone number is 800-634-9165. Our mailing address, if you'd like to order this resource by writing us, is Somebody Loves You Radio, Post Office Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Our goal here is to help you experience a deep relationship with God, and we put together every broadcast to strengthen your relationship with Him. For more Bible-based guidance, we also invite you to take advantage of all of our free resources. If you've missed a broadcast or would like to review one again, you can download any of them as podcasts using Spotify or iTunes. And be sure to join Rolf for Straight Talk, a weekly Q&A program with scriptural insights for glorifying God in your daily life. You'll find Straight Talk on Rawls YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. And, of course, you can always visit us anytime on Facebook and Instagram. We'd like to remind you that these programs are made possible because of your tax-deductible gifts. We appreciate your partnership in helping us reach more and more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Coming up next time, we'll explore what the Bible teaches about Jesus' authority over the realm of angels and demons you'll find confidence to stand strong in the power of Jesus' name. Now, with the closing comment, here's Rawl.
0: Then look how beautiful this is, the next verse, 20. But these, the fourth group of people, these are the ones sown on good ground, which means what? Hey, these are the ones that were searching, wanting to know God, and wanting to be used of God. So what do they do? They get in and they plow down on good ground. And they sit and they hear and they obey and they do what God says. And what do they do? They hear the word of God. They accept it. They believe it. They have faith. And then what do they do? They bear fruit. Some thirtyfold, sixty, and a hundredfold. Notice the progression. They hear, they accept, and they bear. Thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold.